Welcome. Welcome in to Sports Talk Chicago. All gas, no brakes. If you're looking for the same old sports talk, get out. You've come to the wrong place. Hey, we ain't come this far just to come this far, you hear me? I tell you what I see, I tell you the truth. We going hard today. We're fearless, bold, and highly opinionated. This here show. This show is so hot right now. The biggest guests, the hottest takes, and the best interviews live right here. Do you actually remind me of Dan Patrick? Because you ask great questions, you have the knack, you have the gift. On Sports Talk Chicago. Yo, Chicago. Here's your host. The guy's an absolute stud. John Zagul. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Sports Talk Chicago. My name is John Zaglou, hosting tonight. John Meadows is directing and producing. We're live from our beautiful studios in Chicagoland, and we have a very special guest with us, friend of the program, great guy, sports radio legend, host of The Odds Couple on ESPN 1000, and host of the new podcast, Somebody Big Just Died, on the Bears Ballroom Network. Please welcome Mike North to the program. Mike, it is great to see you. How are you? Uh, it's great to see you again, John. Uh, it sounds like you're doing good. The new digs look absolutely outstanding. Uh, you trimmed the beard, it looks like. I mean, you're looking great. Can't complain. Everything's going well on my end. Uh, doing some great stuff with Carmen DeFalco with the Odds Couple. We're going to be on uh, this Friday. Uh, you know, podcast starts about 1130 in the morning. Then we have the 8 o'clock at night um, show on ESPN 1000. Then 7 in the morning. On Saturday, we'll be chock full of uh, NCAA stuff. So looking forward to that. And, uh, of course, uh, somebody big just died was my brainchild that I just happened to have about a month ago. But, you know, we could talk about that later on. I'm sure you got other things to talk about. But I do want to touch on that later because it's probably something as different as I've ever done in my career. You know, I was going to say, when I first saw that come out, I was shocked that it's Mike North doing something other than sports, but I've seen a couple of the episodes so far and it's flowed really well. Yeah, it's doing real well. Uh, we got great sponsors. Uh, we got uh, uh, people that, that believe in us. First of all, uh, we got Cumberland chapels. I mean, uh, the Cumberland chapels, they're the Portillo's of funeral homes, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, beautiful place, great people that work there. Uh, been to numerous, if, if you live in the Chicagoland area, for more than 10 years, you've had to have been to Cumberland Chapels, unfortunately, to see somebody that you knew or what have you. And then we got Pennyville Station. That's a uh, restaurant in Park Ridge. Uh, Tino Antonacci, the guy that uh, helped bring, we brought those TV shows to Basta Pasta. He was the owner of Basta Pasta. He, uh, uh, his son, Tony, and uh, uh, owns the place. And, and Tino's there every day. And I, uh, you know, it's a beautiful thing. So we're back with them. And then I got something to announce pretty soon involving uh, a five-part type of series that I'm going to be sponsored by uh, Raul Jewelers out there in Hoffman Estates, Barrington Road. So, you know, I retired and then everybody started, you know, I got a little busy. What can I tell you? But, uh, you know, <laughs> now that I've run through all my stuff, now we can go running through all the money, the way we're going to make money and the way the Bears are going to win and all that. What did you make of all these moves, Mike? Well, I think that, you know, we got to uh, temper everything, but I did like the trade uh, just from a glance. I mean, my brother lives in South Carolina, so we, he's a Bear fan, but he's, uh, he's a Carolina Panther fan too now because he lives out there. In fact, both my brothers live in that area now. And uh, my one brother told me, he says, and, and I knew this, but he says they don't know who they wanted one. So basically, Carolina gave us a package 
pretty healthy package, I would say, for a number one pick that maybe they shouldn't have done. If you don't know who you want at one, then go two, go three, maybe trade up to four, you know. Uh, but maybe they have their eyes set on one particular person. I'm hearing there's not uh, anybody that's a wholesale deal. I don't believe in that Florida quarterback. I don't believe in anybody that throws 53% in college. I think he's, you know, <laughs> been leaked out as somebody that's an athlete. Well, welcome to the NFL. Most of your quarterbacks are athletes now. Uh, as far as the Bears are concerned, we lost Montgomery tonight, uh, David Montgomery, and we've lost Rokon Smith. Okay. So we picked up some guys in free agency, but we lost two pertinent players, uh, basically. So what we're doing is we're filling in some holes. We're also replacing a guy that we lost. I mean, we're paying this linebacker that much money. Why couldn't we have paid Rokon Smith that much money? Basically the same type of position. Uh, but I do like the Bears, what they did there overall. Uh, the question is Fields. That's the question. I'm hearing he's going to be MVP because they, they picked up people in free agent. I would ask all Bear fans this. Jimmy Garoppolo's 42 and 17. If you're if the Raider fans, and I know a couple of them, they're absolutely ecstatic that they got him. How ecstatic would we be if we got a guy like Garoppolo? Let's say we didn't have Justin Fields. We'd be just as happy. We'd be happy to pick up a couple of these guys. I wouldn't want Derek Carr. No way. Okay. I don't want him. There's a couple other guys I wouldn't want. Garoppolo's one of those guys, the pocket quarterback, the linemen know where he's at, that could get the job done. And I think Philadelphia got damaged badly in this free agent period. They won't be back at the Super Bowl. You, Because the Bears did get, and other people, some of their pertinent players. So I'm going to give the Bears – a thumbs up, uh, which I, you know me, I'm very hard on them. But for that trade, I like it. I like that trade a lot. And I think that DJ Moore is a nice receiver. He's not a top five, but he could be a top 10. He could be an Allen Robinson type that gets big numbers. Problem is he won't be having a quarterback throwing to him that's conducive. Well, he didn't have really quarterbacks thrown to him in Carolina either. Sort of reminds me of Allen Robinson. Will he, will this guy be Fields as Allen Rob like Allen Robinson was to Trubisky? You know, uh, we'll see and we'll see what happens. But right now I give him a positive grade. What do you make of the Bears committing to Justin Fields, though? I mean, they made this trade knowing that they're not going to take a quarterback at number one. So Fields is the guy. How do you feel about that? Well, I've never been uh, his biggest fan, but I can't deny what he did last year. As far as running the ball, I've looked at other quarterbacks in their second year uh, or third year like him, you know, that he's got comparable numbers. The the person he doesn't have comparable numbers to is Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky's numbers, his second year blow Justin Fields off, off, the, off, the, off the map. So if you want to talk about running, yes. You want to talk about passing. There's no comparison. There's none. And I, I, I tweet out every day so everybody will see it. And I want to thank uh, Ryan out there who's on uh, North to North. Hit this first, that Trubisky's got better stats than Danny Jones. And Danny Jones is making $40 million a year, and Trubisky's a bust. That tells you the stupidity of the people that covered the game, the bigotry of not liking a guy because he didn't 
fulfill a number two pick type of expectation. But he fulfilled a first-round pick. You look at his stats. Guy threw six touchdowns in a game. Guy threw 24 touchdowns in the season. His stats are better than Danny Jones. Check it out at North to North. I put it up every day and rub it in everybody's face because it shows the sheer stupidity. And somebody's going to go, well, he didn't start last year, Mike. Well, he started. Then he got replaced at 10 to 6 at halftime. They put in a rookie. He loses that game. At the end of the year, they, they missed the playoffs by one. He keeps Trubisky in that game, that Tomlin. They win that game, and who knows what happens. But they couldn't wait to do what they did to Mitch in Chicago in Pittsburgh. Mitch goes 3-3, three and three, brought him back in a game. Okay? He can't win for losing. So they brought in Pickett, and now I'm hearing they're down on Pickett out there in Pittsburgh. So the nonsense. All I saw was Danny Jones's numbers and Trubisky's numbers, and I was vindicated. Yeah, Daniel Jones last year had 15 touchdowns, oh. five picks, around a 93 uh, passer rating, and now he's going to make $40 million. But, Mike, hold on a minute. And Mitch Trubisky's a bust. Yes, and <laughs> the Giants had the easiest schedule in football last year. Let's see how things go this year. But the nonsense of grown-ass men and women who have been trying to sell me, and I feel like I've been alone on an island, when I saw that contract for Jones and then I saw that comparison, I got it right here. I mean, it's easy. I just happen to have it. I said, you know what? Maybe I'll bring it on and try to wake some people up. Because Bear fans, 70% of them, are as dumb as a box of rocks. They're all meatballs. 70% of the media, most of the guys been covering the Bears for over 15 years. I mean, they've, they all they've done on the job is get fat. They haven't held the Bears accountable. They get their free passes and everything else. 75% of them. I'm not going to pick on, you know, the whole crew. But if you've been covering the Bears like some of those guys since 2004, 2005, how are, you're working for them. You ain't working for no damn newspaper. Come on. Hey, you like my shirt? Trickery. Trickery. Why'd you wear that shirt tonight? I brought it out. You got to have a little trickery for the NCAA. <laughs> but anyway, I'll find this in a minute because it, 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 it here it is. Here we go. Okay. Trubisky, 55 starts. Jones, 53 starts. Trubisky, 68 TV, uh, TDs. Jones, 60. Trubisky, 38 INTs. Jones, 30. Trubisky, 12,000 yards, Jones 11,600. Trubisky, 86.4 passer rating, Jones 86.5. Trubisky, 64% completion, same with Jones. One's getting 40 million, the other gets 7 million. Something ain't right. You know what I don't understand, Mike, and maybe you can answer this question. New York media is usually very tough on teams. I'm surprised that everybody's tolerating Daniel Jones. Remember, he's a first-round pick. Top 10 guy as well. The Giants traded up to get him. These are the numbers that he's putting up. This is his production. They were 9-7-1. and one. Right. They were 9-7-1. and one. They were three teams came out came out of that division. And, and, and Philadelphia, okay, I knew they were going to lose the Super Bowl. I knew it. Dallas, New York, all three of, out of the weakest NFC I've seen in, in a decade. 
in a decade. So we'll see what happens. It's not about Jones. It's about how Trubisky's been screwed over. The 10-6 to game, it reminded me so much of when they pulled him for Foles in the Atlanta game. Only they like- won the Atlanta game, the Bears. Pittsburgh lost that game. Mitch comes back and salvages the game later on that year. Because Pickett, who's got two concussions already, okay, already. He didn't even play a full season. So it's going to be interesting to see. But uh, the, the, the football, I think the Raiders did well, which with Jimmy G. I'm a big fan of his. And we'll find out about Frisco. What happens if Purdy just caught lightning in a bottle? And what and what happens if Trey Lance can't play? You know, then there I mean, they have a lack of respect for a guy that was forty-one and seventeen that I have never seen in the annals of pro football history. For a quarterback that won that many games, brought him to the Super Bowl one year, did not win, and also to the Final Four, to the semis. I've never seen that unless I talk about Trubisky. You want to talk about disrespect? There's quarterbacks all over the league that get disrespected. Look at Lamar Jackson. And I tweeted out for all the same guys that are were calling Trubisky a bust are the same guys going, why isn't somebody picking up Lamar? He's so good. Now you know how it feels. Now you know how it feels. You got a bona fide ex, uh, uh, former MVP. Okay. Granted, he wants too much damn money, but that's the Cleveland Browns fault, but that's beside the point. A bona fide former MVP. Without him, they are definitely a last place team, the Baltimore Ravens. We know that. The kids are a better runner than Fields, a better passer than Fields will ever be. I'd take Lamar Jackson for Fields right now. Why is anybody going after him? So then I hear these people that call Trubisky a bus going, how can they do this? It's politics, folks. And it's 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 the league. They form opinions. Don't forget Lamar Jackson mysteriously stopped showing up the games last year. Word starts filtering out. But Lamar Jackson and Trubisky are outcasts. Think about that. While Daniel Jones is collecting forty million. <laughs> it's a joke. I laugh because I still can't believe we live in a world in which the Giants chose to pay him. Even after so many people warned them not to do it, they still did it. Now they're going to be stuck with him for many years. Well, they kept him for a two-year deal for sure. Right. So they're only indebted to him, I think, Johnny, for two. But, hey, look. I didn't hear Aaron. Justin Fields has had an open field. And I hope he does well because he surprised the hell out of me last year. And I'm the guy that said, you got to bring him back for another year off of last year. But if he doesn't perform this year, then all bets are off. If he's missing receivers wide open, if he's holding on to the football, if he's fumbling the ball at record rates like he's been doing. Okay. If frustration takes over. Don't forget, you got a whole new crew of players coming in. But we'll see what happens. I want him to succeed. I didn't want Mitch to leave. I still think he should be the quarterback of the Bears. I even, and, and the nonsense I hear about last year and Fields last year, and now he's going to be an MVP. Bear fans should just shut up. 
You've been wrong about every damn quarterback except mine, Trubisky. Let it go. Mike North here on Sports Talk Chicago, an impassioned Mike North here with us. <laughs> What's your expectation for Fields next year? What should we be expecting then based on what you're saying about what he should do? We got rid of Mitch, and uh, he had a 95% quarterback rating rate in the second year. We'll give Fields another this year. Fields better, sh- uh, better throw for 60-plus percent. Fields better throw for like 22, 23 touchdowns, maybe uh, 12, 13, 14 interceptions. Fields better run less. Like to see him run for about five, 600 yards, but buy more time when he has to scramble instead of automatically taking off. I want to see improvement in his in his release time. There were times last year, I, I counted numerous times, 1,000, 2,000, like in a touch football league, 3,000, and he still got the ball. You got to be gone. But I think last year he did bowl me over. The Bears did their typical BS. Here's a kid. And this is why I do like him, because you could tell he wants to win so bad, but he just has no idea yet how to implement that winning, and now he's getting some better players around him. But he's got a chance to break the all-time record. And what do the Bears do? Instead of throwing him a bone and the fans of Chicago a bone for them to actually watch the game with a purpose, they decide after almost killing the kid, okay, to sit him. And I said to myself, don't you want that chip in your pocket that you did something positive to end the year as a football club? You broke the rushing record, which is tough. Randall Cunningham, you've had great running quarterbacks. Cunningham, Bobby Douglas, Fran Tarkenton. I mean, I don't care. Cordell Stewart, we could go on and on. And you had a chance to go, he broke the record. But it was almost they were embarrassed for him to break the rushing record. I mean, would they have pulled him if he was two pass, two touchdown passes away in the final game of throwing uh, for, for, for a touchdown record? No. You got a chance to break the all-time rushing record, and you sit his ass after he killed himself to try to win. So I felt bad for him on that, John. I think that's a great assessment, Mike. I mean, they ran him out there all season long. He got beat up, missed a couple of games too, or you know, almost was... killed him. Exactly. And now and you have you a chance a to shot. break the record. You got a shot at the record. So, Bear fans, the, even the meatballs, been predicting he's going to the Hall of Fame. He's going to be an up. Well, <laughs> your stuff goes to the Hall of Fame when you get that rushing record. Your spikes go. Your jersey goes. You can bring your grandkids when you're Justin Fields in two thousand. 40, if you're not half dead yet from the beating you're going to take, because I don't know how much offensive line help they've really picked up yet. But he could show them that. And what do they do? They play Nathan Peterman or whatever the hell the kid's <laughs> name was. Pick them up. Some fight. They found a guy on, on in Roscoe Village and said, jump in. I, you know, let's go. <laughs> My God. Just horrible. Horrible. I think your expectations for Fields, though, are pretty fair, I would say. I don't think you're asking too much of him, and I think those are realistic and doable for him in 2023. Based on all these signings, do you think he'll do it? He can't have it the other way around. I think I'm being meager. I'd expect more from most quarterbacks, but after he's still not a great passer yet, 
But I think he's going to have more confidence. I think he likes his coaching staff. Poles has seems to have a good grasp on things. So I'm I'm hopeful. But uh, I want to know who they're bringing in. I mean, are they going to bring in other quarterbacks? It's like they want to give them a clear field. And 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 you know what? Because if they don't, maybe they'll find out something they don't want to find out. How do you feel about them losing David Montgomery? I liked him. He was a workhorse, but that now I'm hearing well that's business from Bear fans, okay, or from the media. That's but well, wait a minute. That guy grinded out all the tough yards. That guy got across this Jordan Howard, basically. Because he was going to be all that and more, this kid. I thought this kid played well. I thought he played hard every time I saw him play. I think he's a loss for the Bears. I definitely think he's a loss for the Bears. But, you know, we'll see what happens there. I mean, running backs are um, not a rare commodity. They're a, they're just a commodity now. They used to be special. They're not anymore. They really aren't. You know, David Montgomery, before the offseason, was projected to get around 10 to $12 billion per year. Now, that would have been too much, but based on this money the Lions paid him, it seemed like the Bears could have easily kept him if they wanted Well, to. and I'm also wondering about the Eagles. You know, we picked up an Eagle player. We picked up a Buffalo player. Why right. didn't they match? Well, why do they all of a sudden, hey, because I don't think they were going to make that money from the people they were with. Look, look, I've been in negotiations. If you don't leave, and this happened to me twice, my my station matched what other stations were offering. The third time they didn't, then I went shuffling away. But the first two, three times they did. So if you're worth your weight and salt, why would Philadelphia? Philadelphia keep they lost four or five guys. They did pertinent guys. But so I, I I mean the the kid that came from Buffalo, I didn't hear Buffalo go, oh my god. Oh, my God, you know? So let's see what happens once everything shakes out. I think there's a lot of people in the National Football League around the country that are, yeah, Super Bowl with the free agent pickups they're picking up, John. <laughs> Who should the Come Bears on, target John, in this draft? I'm pretty sharp. I didn't take a nap today either. I'm on my <laughs> game tonight. You know it. I know it. Let's not, let's not try to hide the fact. <laughs> Who do you think the Bears should target in the draft now, Mike? Wow, it's going to be fun. Offensive lineman. Yeah. I want offensive lineman. I don't want the, the kid from uh, Georgia, the defensive tackle. I want Anderson, but we're not going to get him now. That's where the ninth pick screws you. I wanted Anderson from Alabama. Carter, they, they said it, he looks fat. He looks slow. But here's what really scared me in the championship game. If you listen to uh, the announcers, Herb Street. He said, well, there's a new guy coming in for Jalen Carter. And what really caught my ear was when he said, and the coaching staff says there's no fall off when he comes in for Carter. And I'm going, well, wait a minute. If there's no fall off and this guy's supposed to be a top three pick, am am I supposed to believe that this guy is worthy of a top three pick that just replaced him. And then I watched, and the kid did, I forget his name, the kid wrecked havoc. So I don't believe in in defensive tackles. 
for first-round picks. I'll give you a perfect example. Tommy Harris. Tommy Harris was a guy that, as usual, Bear fans, ain't going to be in the Hall of Fame. We're going to kick some ass. Let's have a beef sandwich. Yeah. You know, every guy. Oh, he's a wrecking ball. You know? But all it takes to hurt a defensive tackle is one cut. You're inside the line. Just find a fat guy. Find somebody. Don't waste a, a number one pick, even if it's ninth, on him. Get somebody, an edge rusher. Get a defensive back. Get a skill position player. Don't go for some guy whose work ethic now is being questioned. Please, dear Lord, don't do that. Assuming the Bears draft right, Mike, this division is wide open. Where do you expect the Bears to finish? Well, Aaron Rodgers is gone, so goodbye. All you care about is yourself. I was never wrong about you. Since 2000, man, I've been going at it every year with Packer fans, <laughs> and you guys won one Super Bowl with that bum. One. He was nothing but a stat-stuffing regular season hero. That's all he was. And that's all I ever said. And I used to take crap from you people. You got two Super Bowls in 33 years between Favre and between Rodgers. And you call up the Bambino, and you're going to give me grief about Aaron Rodgers? The guy's a, that's the guy, I swear to God, that sold marijuana cookies on the beach in 1973. My God, this guy's lost his mind. Now he goes to the Jets. Let's go to the AFC. That's a good business move. There's no, there's not many teams there. Let me leave the N. Let me leave the NFC and play in the AFC, where every team's got a quarterback almost better than me, if not better. Then I hear him say, "You know, with the right uh, team, I could be MVP again." All about you. All about you, pal. That's why you won once. I never heard Brady. Oh, with the right team, I could be MVP. All he did was whip your ass and everybody else's. And and here, the grief that Rodgers or Peyton Manning or Justin Fields now are all going to, are the greatest quarterbacks on earth. Well, Tom Brady was in the league. But Aaron Rodgers, I want him to die a slow death in New York. And if he's sensitive at Green Bay, wait till he gets with those guys. Unless they're in their... You know, they've turned into kiss asses, too, out there. Believe me. Well, that's what I was saying, Mike, because if they're okay with Daniel Jones making $40 million, then they uh, aren't what they once were before. No. The New, no York, the New York media, you just have to watch it on TV. My God. They're fawners. Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson. <laughs> they're all going to be better than Trubisky. Now, Trubisky may never start again, but he's going to be in the league a long time helping somebody. He went 3-3 three and three last year. Zach Wilson, thank God the, 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 the Jets got Rodgers. It would have been a disaster. But we'll see what happens. But I get they're not beating Buffalo. But now the pressure's on the Jets. Who's well, The last time I heard that was 1968. Now the pressure's <laughs> on the Jets, I swear. <laughs> I heard it with my own ears. All the pressure's on the Jets. It's 1968, and Richard M. Nixon is campaigning right now. Come on. How good do you think they'll even do? I mean, Rodgers is going to need some weapons out there. Obviously, it didn't work with Zach Wilson. Are they going to be much more improved I just because Rodgers is there? every game. 
I hope that selfish bastard loses every game. I hope, you know what? I don't care what he did to the Bears. Everybody does that to the Bears. Right. I hope Green Bay does well and the Jets suck. I hope that kid Jordan Love, I mean, he hasn't had a lot of opportunities. Who knows? I see where the Bears are now um, favored. uh, They're second along with Minnesota. Bear fans are funny. They have the favorite is Detroit. Then they have the Bears in Minnesota at plus 300 as a tie. So I'm watching Twitter. Bears are second place. Oh, God. Kill me now, please. <laughs> Reading some guy's standing sheet. It's gotten bad. We got to win something. Do you think they'll actually finish up there? I mean, are those odds good? But what do you think about that? You know, Goff had a great year for Detroit. Nobody he knows did. it. He should have been comeback player of the year, maybe. I mean, really. I mean, Geno Smith got it, but he come back from where? Geno Smith was what he was. Jared Goff was a Super Bowl quarterback, and then he comes to Detroit and they do some number, they do some good stuff. I think right now the Bears are where they should be. Let's see what happens. Let's see how it fears out. I want the line to get better. You can't have uh, Justin Fields running wild, you know, and he's got to let, you know, he's going to hold on to the ball if he gets a little protection, but he, you know, you got to give him a better line too. And they improved it a little bit through free agency so far. Have you evaluated Brian Poles and Matt Eberflus too through their first year and now through free agency? Well, we're going to find out, aren't we? This is the first time. Right. I, I, I thought it was odd they decided to keep Fields since he wasn't their guy, but they must see something too, uh, which is good. Uh, for them, and uh, that, so they figure their quarterback situation's clean. Think about that. No problem. Bears. All we needed was some people around them. That's all I've been hearing. So now, if they don't win, what's the next excuse going to be? Because around him, they have to in because they the court. Foles, whether it was Dalton, whether it was Glennon, whether it was Cutler, they've been wrong about every guy. So now, when he if he stinks the place up, what's everybody going to say then? Well, he has people around it, but they're not as good as they thought they were going to be. Now, you know they're not performed. There's some injuries. The days of the the honeymoon's got to be over for Justin Fields. I mean, he's been he's being covered the last two years like he's a, a Super Bowl quarterback, and. He's the opposite of that. He's a vomit bucket right now. The team's a vomit bucket. <laughs> they they lost 10 in a row. And Justin Fields lost nine in a row, and I'm here in MVP. Bear fans need a lobotomy. <laughs> but, hey, now that Rodgers is out, maybe this is it. Maybe this is what they needed to do because they couldn't beat him. Let me ask you this, Mike, and I've been asking some other Bears fans about this, too. You know, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace for the ones who drafted Justin Fields. Will you ever give them credit for their pick if Fields turns out to be good? No, because they screwed my guy, Trubisky. They had a quarterback. They were set there. He didn't, but everybody wanted them to be more. I would ask any of the guys that I've known over the years, Dan Pompey, Brad Biggs, any of them, name me somebody that was better than him that quartered for the Bears, and that includes Cutler. You could put up the numbers, but not fi- his record was 57 and 57. 
and I respect a lot of the bear guys, but, but they can't could the bear media couldn't judge a quarterback if if if, if their lives actually depended on it. They'd be dead on the street. They would have been dead with the third wrong pick. You know, Cutler's going to be great. Cutler, let's give him an extension. No, 57 and 57. You know? <laughs> I mean, that's what we got. And a sourpuss on top of it. So, I think I'll let go of the Trubisky stuff as soon as Fields is evaluated in the right way. I don't know if the media's woke, if they're afraid to criticize, but he's been absolutely, he was absolutely, as far as passing the ball and turnovers, turnovers, he's one of the worst in, 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 in the league in the first two, three years of football. So just cover the guy fairly. Don't, if you, you know, I see it in politics. They covered Trubisky a, hot, a whole lot different than Fields. A whole lot different. If Trubisky lost, Trubisky never lost nine games in a row, ever. Ever, and imagine what happened if he if, if he would have lost. Oh my around. God! Right? No, no. They they uh, with Justin Fields, it's like they they kiss his feet and then say his feet taste minty. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean that's how. That why is the media that. always wrong, Mike? Why are they always wrong about which quarterback is? And why do the people the still listen to the same guys? I told him not to sign Cutler. I told him to, I, I wanted Watson. I was happy with Trubisky. Best quarterback I've seen in Chicago since before Cutler, period. End of story. He's better than Cutler was. He was a more positive influence in the clubhouse. The players loved him, and they screwed everything up. We didn't need a quarterback. We didn't need to go out and move up. We moved up for a guy that's a project. Think about that. That's what he is right now. So. Hopefully, you know, these new guys will come over. But where are they coming from? Where did DJ Moore come from? Carolina? Huh? Right. Okay. That's called a lateral move for money in the business. Maybe less than a lateral move. So we'll see. I love your comparison about DJ Moore earlier, though. And I said that on my show last week. He reminds me a lot of Allen Robinson. So many bad quarterbacks always putting up good numbers. I feel like he'll be a really good asset for Justin Fields. I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I want Poles to succeed. It seems like he's got a plan. <laughs> it seems like he thought this out. But I think anybody else that was in his position would have done the same God blessed thing, probably. Maybe they might have gotten a better deal through somebody else. Don't forget, folks. He's the guy that signed Claypool. He's the that draft pick was a law is a that was a bad decision. The two turned into a one. The Claypool decision, unless he produces, and I I saw a guy that was sort of like gun shy last year. You know what I mean? And I saw a guy frustrated with Fields a couple times when he didn't was open. That will get you too. But that was a bad decision. Let's see what happens here. But like I said, Carolina lost that deal. So I'm going to give the Bears the benefit of the doubt. I think the draft is going to be important too, Mike, because last year, um, not every draft pick worked out. Bayless Jones was a complete bust, in my opinion. So I'm curious to see what Poles does this year, looking at some offensive guys and also some line help on both ends. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think that... uh, 
You know, they're putting together basically another, I don't want to call it rebuild. Chicago right. is the, the king of rebuilds, but I don't want to hear that crap. <laughs> I saw the Giants change coaches and they go right to the playoffs. You know, so I don't want to hear that. You can get healthy. Last year, I think every year, five to six teams that made the playoffs the year before don't make it to next year to somebody new. So there's going to be some surprises. I think I think there were some teams that helped themselves. Uh, the, the Vikings picked up a couple players. Green Bay didn't do anything. They lost Rodgers. They're screwed. Uh, Detroit's been okay. They picked up one guy, but they lost a, a, a defender. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be a wide-open division. Mike North here on Sports Talk Chicago. Mike wanted to get into the podcast now. I know we talked about it a little bit earlier, but I wanted to get the backstory. How did you come up with this new program on the Barroom Network? So I'm sitting at home. Okay. About a month and a half ago only. And I'm seeing Lisa Marie Presley died. So I'm watching Fox first. I, mean, I watch Fox News first. And I'm watching, they go, Lisa Marie Presley, the daughter of Rock icon elvis presley died today she was 54 she was around with family very short though and there's nothing on michael jackson she's the widow of michael jackson or she was married michael jackson was you know her husband nothing so then i start flipping around you know me i'm flipping around i see a local station oh she was the daughter of pop icon Elvis Presley. I go, pop icon? The king of rock and roll, for God's sake, you know? <laughs> then I watch another one. It says, Lisa Marie Presley, uh, daughter of rock star uh, Elvis Presley, who was married. So I saw heard different accounts. Then I started hearing different accounts of a couple more people that died. So I said, you know what? They ain't covering death like they used to. Now, the National Football League is good at covering death. Bud Grant just died. He was all over the place. You know, he just died. So I say, I want to design a show that's going to cater to the lowlifes, to the downtrodden, to the people that aren't paid that much attention to. So lo and behold, I'm thinking it over. And John Shaky Suntress brought it up to me. He said, hey, you know, have you thought up any new projects? Because you're like, I don't know. But then I started watching. So then I come up with the name of the show. Somebody big just died. And so, <coughs> excuse me, I'm in partnership with Aldo Gandia, who's at the bar room, good friend, you know, great, a genius of putting shows together. I won a couple Emmys. He's won a couple Emmys in TV. He was on the production then. I was on the, on the host then. And I said, this guy's perfect. I just want to do 15, 20 minutes on people that aren't carried sufficiently. And I want to call somebody, you know, just died. Ba, ba, ba. Somebody big just died. So then I went out and I sold it. I went to Cumberland Chapels and I sat down with the Lupos and with Tino Antonacci. I said, you guys, how would you like to sponsor a different type of show? Not sports, not, something about coverage of death. And I laid it out for him. And now... We've done three, well, four shows. We did a retroactive show on some that died previously, like uh, Richard Belzer, Raquel Welch, Stella Stevens, David Crosby. But we do one. If, when somebody dies, we make a decision. Now, Bud Grant didn't make the list. He made honorable mention. 
the three people we've done it on so far is Tom Sizemore from Saving Private Ryan, um, and of course Heat and others, and Robert Blake, who hard, and the first two guys we did, they didn't even get covered at the Oscars. The Oscars ignored them. So it played right into what we're doing. They're 15, 20-minute shows sponsored by Cumberland Chapels and Pennyville Station Restaurant in Park Ridge. We just did it on Joe Pepitone. I mean, how much coverage was there on a guy that was 21 years old and played first base for the Yankees in the World Series two years in a row? And then how many people knew that when he played for the Cubs for four years, he had a bar called Joe Pepitone's thing? And he also... In, it got caught running a red light with nine ounces of cocaine in his trunk. I mean, his whole story, a free basing kit. Um, he was ambassador to the Yankees. I met him at the Cub Fantasy Camp. So he was our third guy. So we've had uh, Robert Blake, Tom Sizemore, and Joe Pepitone so far. And I think Jimmy Carter will probably be our fourth one. He's been on hospice for a while. So uh, unfortunately, the former president will be there, and 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 we don't want to overdo it. We don't want to pick people that aren't worthy. But if they're unusual stories, if they're and all three guys, cocaine, all three of them, uh, jail, Rikers Island for Joe Pepitone, Sizemore, Blake with the murder, all famous guys. But infamous guys also. So get a chance. Check it out at North to North, folks. It's called Somebody Big Just Died. What's been the response to it so far? Because, again, this is different than other shows out there for sure. Well, I've done a lot of bear podcasts. Well, this one, we're getting 18. We had 18 for Sizemore and for um, Blake. And I'm good at keeping after it because I like to repost them. Sure. We've had 18,000 views for each. That's huge. That's huge in, in, in the pod, and it's good for our sponsors. So uh, we're happy about that. Pepitone's got like 10 right now, 10,000. We just put it out yesterday. So uh, it's going well. It's a good idea. It's undercovered. There's not enough information. Other you know, TV stations can go there now, and they'll actually get a, a bigger-than-thumbnail sketch of what these guys were about and, and the problems they had not only on the set but off the set and, and, and on the field and off the field. What's one of the better stories that you can recall from those three episodes about them? Well, Sizemore with Heidi Fleiss is a story. She ruined him. He was hooked on heroin. Um, he had a bright future. He died at only 62. He was in some great movies, Private, Saving Private Ryan, Heat. Uh, he was the mean guy all the time in those, or the, the stand-up guy like he was the sergeant in Private Ryan. But I think Robert Blake's story is the best. And people don't... He killed uh, his daughter, uh, his uh, his wife, Bonnie Lee Blakely. She was married nine times to celebrities or to wealthy men. Robert Blake was acquitted of the murder. What he said is they went to dinner at Fitello's restaurant and... They went back out. He was parked on a side street. He gets in the car with her. He goes, oh, I forgot my gun. He used to carry a gun with him. So he goes back to the restaurant, and I think he hired somebody. They tried to hire a couple other guys. He did, and they pimped on him and said, you know what? This guy tried to do it. He goes, yeah, but they didn't do it, so I didn't do anything. 
but he set up the alibi saying, I would never do that. I think he found somebody that killed him. He goes back to the car with his gun. She's dead. He runs back in, and they said they checked his gun to cops. It wasn't fired. So I think he had this thing all planned, but I didn't care when he was acquitted. She was married nine times. She ruined guys. She tried to ruin him. And uh, she told Christian Brando, this is my baby. And it was Robert Blake's. Okay. And this is my baby from you. So she told Robert Blake she was pregnant from somebody else. They had the paternity test. It was his. But she was sleeping around too. I feel like Nancy Grace. <laughs> I love it. It's very intriguing. You know, that sounds oh, like a good fella story, been, doesn't it? Me and Eldo have had a guess. It's not sports and the same knock crying and our load management and all this crap. These are real guys and real people. We haven't had a woman yet, although we had Bonnie Lee Blakely involved in the, right. in the uh, Robert Blake. But, you know, I I thought, and, you know, when I was a kid, I, the reason I went to Cumberland Chapels, I think they're preeminent in, in the Chicagoland area. But also when I was a kid, funeral homes used to sponsor your baseball teams and everything all the time. I said, if I'm going to do something on dead people, I want the best. So I went to them. And then I said, I went to my buddy Tino. They said we're in, and so oh, good. I, Mike, uh, Mike, I don't hear you. Yep, I'm back. I'm oh. I'm here. Sorry about that. Uh, one what more question. One more question for you before we finish up. To right. um, what's next for Mike North? Well, I'm working on this thing for Raul Jewelers. Uh, it's going to be something that's going to be historic. It's going to be hooked up with Hollywood and stuff. So I don't want to okay. say it now, but if I do, when I do announce it, Jen, I'll come on the show. Perfect. And, yeah, uh, we're going yeah, to promo that. Because I, I miss you. I miss you. I haven't seen you. I it's been a while. I hear you. Yeah. You know, I'm, I sit at home and look out the window. You know, somebody said the other day, it's a great, uh, they asked Honus Wagner, the great baseball player. They said, what do you do during the winter? He goes, look out the window and wait for it to turn into summer. Period. So <laughs> that's what I'm doing. I'm just hanging out, betting some games. Got the tournament coming on tomorrow. I'll be up bright and early. I'll be up about 4.30, 5, starting to handicap, get ready for the games. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Well, Mike, I really appreciate the time as always. It was great to see you and catch up. Um, best wishes with the new program, and I can't Thanks. wait to see you again very soon. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it very much. And check out those programs on North and North, folks. See you, John. Bye, Mike. Yeah. All right. Good job. Thank you, Mike. We're still live right now, so I'm gonna. I will catch right, up get, with you. Cut yourself off. I'm getting out of here. Where's okay? It? Yeah, I'll catch. I'll catch up with you after the live. Okay. You yeah. got it. Awesome. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> Everybody, it's Sports Talk Chicago. John Zaglula here with you. John Meadows still directing and producing. That was Mike North. What a great show. Um, I've said this many a time before on the program, and a lot of you who are regulars to the show know this. Uh, Mike is one of my top three favorite guests. Uh, it's, you know, Warren Sapp, Jose Canseco, and Mike North. I say that all the time, and I, I genuinely mean it. It had been a while since we caught up. I know many of you had said that in the comments, and it was great to have him on tonight to get his take all this crazy bear stuff going on um, and what's to come for him personally. Check out that new show. Somebody big just died. 
uh, on the Bears Barroom Network. Uh, we're sponsored by our good friends at Amish Country Farms. For the best Amish food in all of Chicagoland, hit up Amish Country Farms today. Tell them Sports Talk Chicago sent you. And we're also live on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube at Sports Talk Chicago. Follow me personally at John Z Sports on Twitter and Instagram, and then Facebook at John Zaglul. Mike, great friend of the program. I, I saw everybody commenting, and they enjoyed it. It was kind of a surprise stream. Um, wanted to make sure that we got everything confirmed and got everything ready, but it was awesome to have him on. And a really nice bit, too, to be flexible with our timing. Make sure he came on for once at night, and it was live. It was super fun, and... Um, Make sure to look out for the interview itself. We're going to post that on YouTube uh, tomorrow, the interview only. We're also going to put it up all over the place on podcasting. So wherever you get your podcast for this program, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, or the website sportstalkchicago.com, uh, rest assured you will find it there tonight or tomorrow. Well, we have a little bit to go in this program, and I wanted to spend some time before we finish up discussing all this stuff that's been going on for the Bears. I'm sure many of you have been waiting for my take I do want to open up with this. I am not happy that the Bears did not keep David Montgomery. Um, I know the Bears are probably going to be drafting somebody, and they signed a backup on the Seahawks to a two-year deal worth, I think, $4 million. Has only 800 rushing yards to his name in his career. We had talked about this during the season, about David Montgomery. He was expected to ask for 10 to $12 million per year. I said, 10 is my max, and even then I wouldn't really do it. But it turns out the Lions signed him for three years and 20, and not even all that's guaranteed. That's about $6.57 million per year in total. Why didn't the Bears retain David Montgomery? They're probably going to draft somebody. They're going to entrust Khalil Herbert to, I would hope, become a blocking running back because he can't do that. He can only run. I do not like the fact that they got rid of a guy who is a traditional, hard-nosed running back. I know the NFL has changed. I know everybody is looking for the quick speedster, you know, two-dimensional guy. Well, David Montgomery was a two-dimensional guy, and he ran the hell out of the football. You could trust him to run the ball 250 to 300 times, fight for the extra yards, gain four yards per carry right up the middle all the time, take the hard hits, and block for you on top of it. All that coming from a second-round pick out of Iowa State. Not bad by, unfortunately, Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace made that pick, and he hit it out of the park. I'm not happy that they got rid of him or let him go for that little money. I'd be okay with it if Montgomery signed somewhere getting three years, $40 million, or three years and 50, three years and 30. I'd understand, but for $7 million a year, when you're the Bears and you still have, even after all these signings, about $40 million in cap space, it makes no sense to me why they let Montgomery go. It's not like he's old. It's not 30. Not a 30-year-old running back. He's still in his 20s. And he still produced last year, albeit in limited time due to injury, even the year before, too. And as Mike said on this stream, he replaced Jordan Howard. And he did good. So I'm kind of scratching my head with that move. The rest of these moves I did appreciate by the Bears. I thought they were great. Uh, Tremaine Edwards, Edmonds coming in from Buffalo. Demarcus Walker, defensive end from the Titans. Nate Davis, guard from the Titans. The Bears have done a good job. T.J. Edwards from the Eagles. 159 tackles last year. Three-year deal. And he's actually from the Chicagoland area, like Villa. So I love all those moves, and I think they're necessary. They're definitely necessary. The Bears got somebody for the offensive line, got a defensive lineman, a couple of linebackers who know how to rush the quarterback. I think it's great. The Bears needed some 
pass rushing help, and they certainly addressed that. Not as much on the offensive line, but I'm hoping for the draft. The last thing they really need right now, believe it or not, is a running back. I am not confident enough in Khalil Herbert being the guy. He's a guy. He knows how to run. He knows how to gain five, six yards per carry, and that's amazing. I'm not confident enough today to say he could run for 250 carries or 300 carries. He could carry the full workload of what's expected from an NFL running back. I'm not confident in that yet. That's where I worry. That's where I'm concerned. And maybe the Bears address it in the draft. I think they will. That's great. But right now on their roster, they have Herbert. They have the guy they signed from Seattle, who only has 800 yards to his name, and they have Trusted Ebner. Believe it or not, and this is crazy, now the weakest part of the Bears, uh, the, of this Bears team right now is the running back. <laughs> the running back position right now is the worst part of this Bears team. Now, granted, it could get better. They could draft somebody and hopefully make it all go away. But I, I find it so interesting because just a week ago, we were berating everything. Hey, problems with wide receivers, no edge rushing, no pass rush in general, no offensive line, running backs kind of up in the air. Now I think the main two spots that the Bears need to focus on are offensive line and running back. But I'm just not happy with the Bears losing David Montgomery, especially to a division rival, too. I think he's going to thrive in Detroit. They have DeAndre Swift. They got rid of Jamal Williams. He left for a free agency. You replace Williams, who carried the majority of that workload. But David Montgomery, I think they're going to do just fine. I think Montgomery is going to thrive in that environment. You got Jared Goff, high-powered offense, one of the best offenses, believe it or not, in all of football last year, even though they were only a 9-8 team. They have wide receivers. They are ready to draft the Lions. I mean, I think they're going to be very good next year. And it brings the larger discussion and this larger question into the picture, what will the NFC North look like? I mean, we saw today Aaron Rodgers is 99% sure going to be leaving and going to New York. What happens to this division next year? What are the expectations for the Bears now that we know the Packers are probably not going to be a threat? Newsflash, we better expect big things now. And I said this last week after the big trade with Carolina. I already said they should be 9-8, and 10-7, but now I think it's actually amplified. The expectations should be higher. And if anything, there's more pressure on Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, Luke Getze, and these players to get this season right. Not asking for a Super Bowl. Not asking for them to resolve every single little problem and become 12 and 5. But I am saying this if they're not 10 and 7, they're not 11 and 6 even near the top of this division, I would call it a failure for this Bears team. And I will say that now. Don't let Jordan Love outplay you. Don't even let Kirk Cousins outplay you. Jared Goff, maybe, but that's about it. You have Justin Fields. It's time for Fields to grow. It's time for Fields to really show out. There is no reason why you should be even 8-9 or 7-10 near the bottom of this division. Those days are over. I was trying to give Ryan Poles some leeway before this offseason. Hey, maybe it's going to be a two-year rebuild. Not anymore. You have brought in enough pieces on paper to be a fringe playoff contender in 2023. That is not too much to ask for. You brought in enough pieces based on wide receivers like DJ Moore. You got Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney. You're going to draft a running back. You have Justin Fields. You beeped up your offensive line a little bit. You're going to do so in the draft. You brought in a couple of rushers, pass rushers. I think right now, 
It is safe to say this Bears team should be expected to go 9-8, and 10-7, 11-6 even, and should be near the top of this division. Vegas says so. The betting odds Mike just said. Bears are favored to be second in the division right now. So this is not just me spewing out of my ass. This is what everybody's expecting now. Here's the opportunity. Here's their chance to strike. Here's their chance to build a foundation for what could happen next year in 2024. Just like the Cubs in 2015. Literally the same thing. Cubs in 2015 coming off a really bad year, but we knew the rebuild was nearly over. They signed John Lester. Big splash. John Lester coming in set the tone for the rest of that season. They win 97 games. They get the second wild card spot. They beat the Pirates in the wild card game, beat the Cardinals in the NLDS. Their two division rivals get all the way to the NLCS and lose. It sucked that they lost, but I couldn't believe they even got there. 2016 comes around. They make more moves, bring in more people, promote more of their prospects. And what do you know? They win the World Series. Look at the Bears this year. Worst record in football, make a couple of blockbuster moves. They're signing everybody, bringing in some veterans, bringing in some potential draft picks when the draft happens in April. I think this year is going to be a learning year, but a foundational year, because if they could prove to themselves that they could win, they could win this year going 9-8, and 10-7 with this young core. Imagine them developing chemistry in years 2, 3, and 4. All of them playing together with the division that's completely up for grabs right now. This team in two years could be and should be a near, if not a full, Super Bowl contender. It starts this year with the foundation. No more excuses. No more patience. Time for them to perform. And this is exciting. I don't mean to say this as it's a negative or we should be chastising the Bears when they don't do it, but we should really be expecting good things in 2023. I don't see why not. This is a positive take. I'm not going to stand for 8-9 and nine when you go and spend all this money. You make a blockbuster draft move. You bring in a number one wide receiver for Justin Fields. You actually staff him with talent. This is your time to shine, and this is your time to build on what will happen. That's the key for this year. I'm not asking for a Super Bowl now. I'm asking for a Super Bowl in a couple of years after you develop a good foundation. The Cubs did not go from worst to World Series. They went from worst to wild card to World Series. Eagles went from worst by their head coach then drafted a new quarterback, to wild card, to Super Bowl. The Bears kind of did the same thing. By their coach, by their GM, new quarterback, worst this past year. Now it should be to wild card, then Super Bowl, or near there. I think that's very fair to ask, and very fair to assume and suspect. I'm not going to stand for anything worse, anything lower. I think we all have to keep that in mind. Detroit's probably going to be near the top, and I think that's going to be the biggest adversary for the Bears in 2023. They're going to have David Montgomery. They have a great run game. Their offense essentially has stayed intact. Need to work on things defensively. I think they will. Detroit is going to be their biggest enemy. I'm not confident in Minnesota, and Green Bay at this point is in shambles. It's time for their reign of dominance to probably end with the end of Aaron Rodgers. So here's the Bears' chance in a wide-open division to step up to the plate and make a statement. It's be a man time for the Bears. Be a man. Step up. 
not a baby anymore. It's like the Bulls. Remember the Bulls in like 2005? They're the baby Bulls, you know, Kirk Heinrich and Luol Dang, Ben Gordon. Eventually, they had to grow up and be the real Bulls, and they did with Derrick Rose when they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Enough of the baby bears, enough of, oh, we'll see in a couple of years, enough of, they're still rebuilding. It's over. New era starts today. Really, it started last week with that big trade. Immediately, just 24 hours after we talked about wide receiving needs, and all these needs the Bears had, they go out and get a number one wide receiver. They turn it into many picks for the next couple of years. They staff Justin Fields immediately with somebody they can use and somebody who can help. Now they make more moves, spend more money, serious money, and address other needs they had. Today's the day we start saying this Bears team should be minimum 9-8, if not higher, if not winning this division this year. I don't think it's too lofty of an expectation. I firmly believe it's possible. The Bears went out, they signed some good players, good talent, especially pass-rushing linebackers. They have a number one wide receiver. They still have a first-round pick at number nine. They could do whatever they'd like there. Don't draft Jalen Carter, by the way. Mike was right about that. I saw that report today in case you didn't. Quick tangent. Jalen Carter couldn't even finish up the workouts at his pro day, showed up nine pounds overweight, and by the way, still has the legal issues around him. Stay away from Jalen Carter. I preferred Will Anderson from the beginning, but unfortunately, unless the Bears move up from nine, they're not going to get him. So at that spot, the Bears should probably go offensive tackle. And then as they get into the second and third and fourth rounds, you could develop more of your offense. Maybe a running back, maybe a wide receiver, maybe another offensive tackle or defensive guy too. I just think it's very important that we set realistic expectations now because it's only going to get better. Imagine after this draft that Pulls has what they do and what they're going to look like. We're talking about great team right now. We're talking about all this positivity right now that imagine adding some top draft picks into the mix. Come on, guys. We can't be saying anymore it's time to wait. It's time to compete. It's time to pounce. It's time to make something happen. It's time to execute. For the Bears, it's time to execute. And I think they will do it because, and I can't believe I'm I'm about to say this, They have enough talent to do it. I can't believe I'm even saying it, but it's true. I mean, on paper, the Bears have enough talent right now to execute. This team right now on paper, realistically, could be 10-7. and I mean, you look at this team a year from now, and you'd be like, yeah, that's a 10-7 and team. That's an 11-5 team or 11-16. Seriously. Justin Fields, assuming we see a big step forward. Rookie running back along with Khalil Herbert. Three good wide receivers. Good linebacking, better pass rush, hopefully better O-line in the draft. I mean, this team right now on paper should be winning 10-11 games. I don't think that's too much. I don't think it's unfair to say that either. I believe in this team now. I really believe in these players that they're bringing in. There's talent here. So it's time to not go under expectations. But it's time to exceed that. And I think 10 wins is not an unreasonable or unrealistic expectation. Especially considering, too, that the schedule is going to be a little bit easier this year, too, for the Bears. 
strength of schedule compared to last year. So somewhat of an easier schedule and a better team overall. Justin Fields in his third year, second year in this new offense. I mean, we should be expecting greatness. Justin Fields, like Mike said, and I agree with, should be throwing for about 3,500 to 4,000 yards. He should get 25 touchdowns, maybe 10, 12 picks, and should still run for 700, 800 yards. That's doable. And those are lofty expectations. But I think they're doable for Justin Fields. Now, everyone's comparing him to Jalen Hurts, and I'll say this. It, it makes sense. Jalen Hurts went from nothing in a half a season to okay to great. To MVP level. I don't think Justin Fields is going to be an MVP this year. But I should see better than last year from him, too. You put all that together, and I know I'm maybe jumping the gun a bit, making a lot of bold predictions and having some lofty expectations, but I'll tell you, I don't think I'm way far off on this or sounding like I'm drinking the Kool-Aid here. I criticize everybody else for drinking Kool-Aid, but I don't think I am based on what they have and based on the players they're bringing in, the caliber of players, the accomplishments that they bring in, their pasts individually and as a team. All these players are coming from winning. Eagles players, Bills players. These players are coming from winning. They're coming from success. They're coming to a team that desperately needs that sort of mindset and culture. So add that and add that into the mix too. Add that on top of it. It's time to win. I hope they can think it'd be so beneficial to the city, be so beneficial to everybody watching, hanging out, seeing this team, especially after last year and how much of a dumpster fire it was. This Bears team can go from that to 10-7. and Like the Eagles just did. Like Jacksonville just did. They could do it too. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Jacksonville won their division at 9-8. and eight. I would not be surprised if the winner of this division next year is 9-8 and eight or 10-7. and seven. I do not think Minnesota's winning 12-13 games. Again, no way. Their point differential was the same as when they went 8-9 and nine, or 8-8 eight eight with Mike Zimmer before he got fired. Same point differential, but they won four more games. They're never going to win that many games again in one-possession games or overtime games. They're never going to do that again. It's just impossible to replicate that. Too difficult. They're not going to do it. So expect Minnesota's win total to go down to around 10 or 9. They didn't make any improvements. So expect that to happen. Green Bay lost their quarterback, and they're going to be in shambles. I expect them to be the Bears next year. Detroit? wild card, but they need their defense to perform. Then you have the Bears, who have made tons of moves, who brought in tons of talent, and who are expecting, keyword, a big year from Justin Fields. And if Justin Fields can perform, he's going to be the whole X factor and the whole driving force behind the Bears winning this division or potentially being a fringe team, maybe an 8-9 team. Justin Fields could account for two to three more wins if he falls out like everyone's expecting. And when you break it down like that, you really can't find many excuses for the Bears. (laughs) It's kind of like, well, this needs to happen. Only time will tell. But I'm excited for what's to come for this team. No question. 
And I think after these past couple of days between the trade and all these signings, there's a directive of aggression, execution, and confidence in the future. Brian Poles is telling everybody, hey, we're ready to win now. I'm confident in this team. I'm ready to execute and stop sitting on the sidelines waiting for something to come up. We see it happening. We're seeing actions, louder than words. Now, I mocked polls last year for saying they're going to take the North and never give it back, but they could be onto something here with these recent moves and developments. We'll have to see. But there's action, people. Time we take notice. Thanks for watching today's program here on Sports Talk Chicago. I appreciate all of you for tuning in. I want to say a huge thank you to Mike North for coming on. I hope all of you got a chance to hang out with us and watch the interview. If you didn't, don't fret. We're going to be posting clips on YouTube and on podcasts, especially the full interview from Mike North, so you won't want to miss that. Subscribe to the channel. We are, what, five, or five away from 18,100. Want to help us out on our road to 20,000? We'd really appreciate it. Hit that like button as well. You could also follow us at Sports Talk Chicago on Twitch and Facebook and at John Z Sports on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. John's a cool. Big thank you to John Meadows for directing and producing, making sure everything worked as far as Mike goes and as far as this show went. And a big thank you to our sponsor, the very best Amish Country Farms for the best Amish food in all of Chicagoland, for the best real food in all of Chicagoland. Kind of fun, or hard to find that as of late. Hit them up today in Orland Park and tell them Sports Talk Chicago sent you. We will be live again on Sunday. I hope you join us. We have so much to cover and things are just ramping up. Like if you think this is exciting, there's so much more to come between the draft, continued offseason, then eventually this season coming up in already August or September. We're right there, five months away. We're going to be here with you throughout the entire process. Thanks for watching. We'll see you Sunday. So long, everyone.